Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. It is the Hammer Nigel Show. Joining us live now, Abdul Akim Shabazz, attorney at law and longtime host here on 93 WIBC. Abdul, how are you? Doing fine, my friend. How's everything going? Uh, big goings on with the Indiana Supreme Court. They're hearing arguments for and against the abortion ban in this state. Uh, what did we find out uh, this week? Well, uh, it was like being in second-year law school all over again back in 2001. Uh, just the arguments they were making were regarding things called standing, liberty interests. It, it's it's very, very lawyer, very, very technical. But in a nutshell, uh, they were arguing – they weren't necessarily arguing over the law and where the law was constitutional. It was arguing over a preliminary injunction that the judge at the trial court, once in Monroe County, had issued, basically putting the law and everything on hold. What the it was Owen County. It was an Owen County judge. A Republican put everything on hold, right? Yeah, o- Owen County judge. But it was I think it was in Monroe County. I think is what it was. So so sort of so sort of the two. What what happened was you had the the state arguing that uh, well what, what the court was concerned about is with the preliminary injunction there was no record developed. So when you appeal, there's a record, there's testimony, there's a whole nine yards, but there was none of that in this matter. So the state was arguing, Your Honor, we need to have you no know, full trial. Just go with the normal process. No, I'm sorry. That's what the, the the defendants were arguing. What these what the ACLU? State, yeah, the ACLU. What the, what the state was arguing in this case was, hey, you need to you know just throw this whole thing out. There's no right to privacy in the, in the Indiana Constitution. It's not clear. It's not expressed. So they were kind of arguing. So one side was arguing substance law. The other side was arguing procedure. And I know I know it's, it's it sounds very paper chases, but that's about as easy as I can explain it. It's kind of crazy though when you think about this. This in essence is about life and death. And here we are trying to figure out, well, what does this term mean? I mean, it's really about semantics at this point, isn't it? Not necessarily, uh, because it's, like I said, once again, you have the state arguing the substance of the law. You have the uh, ACLU arguing the procedure. But isn't the argument about the substance about what certain terminology means? <laughs> it depends on meaning of, of the word is. <laughs> right. Is. Yeah, like I said, y- yes and no. Because once well, again, you told me no, then it's yes for you. What the hell? <laughs> so it's a lawyer answer. It's what it is. Bullcrap. You're going to be a great mayor of Indianapolis, Abdul. <laughs> Why, thank you. <laughs> I said the same thing you did, and I was wrong, and you were right. Yeah, exactly. So it sounds like the ACLU and the state are arguing two different things. And in a nutshell, that's what they were. And the court was trying to figure out sort of where everybody where everybody was. And they, they asked some really tough questions and really thoughtful questions. I thought they seemed a little bit more skeptical of the state's argument. Like, hey, you're asking us to do this, but there's no real record been developed yet so i'll let you guys go develop a record first and then come back and then talk to us so, so the what could be the possible outcomes here with a uh, with a supreme court uh with justices that have you know have multiple uh, republican governors named them uh to that position well they can do one of three things they can uh uphold the lower court's decision like hey the permanent injunction stays until you guys have a trial whatever or temporary injunction stays okay. you can they can uh reverse the decision like hey we're going to lift the permanent injunction let the law go in its place blah blah, blah. or they could do what's called remanded part and reverse in part and uphold in part. They could do all of the above. So it just basically depends on what they decide to come Whoa. back with in the next couple months. Is this the last time you think the Indiana Supreme no. Court will hear about no. abortion? No. Really? No. This is actually the first. 
So, so there's more on so the there's, horizon. So there's a chance. I, I, would, I would not be also good. Remember too, there's another lawsuit out there that's saying that the state's abortion law violated the RIFRA, Rifra statute, which should make Mike Pence's head spin around, which is kind of ironic. Well, uh, that's why I say be careful what you ask for because you just might get it. But so, but but finally, and then we'll move on. There's a possibility the Supreme Court could punt this back and say, "Now nah, you guys deal with this down in the lower court courts." Uh, yeah, they can say, "Hey, this not it's not ready for us to do it yet." So okay. because there's been no record developed, so. And it feels like that's what a lot of Supreme Courts do in these state issues. And even at the national level, it's kind of common for the Supreme Court to punt it right back, isn't it? Uh, if you could find a reason, I was always taught as a young lawyer, if you can find a reason for the judge to rule in your favor without them having to touch the law, go for it. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. Just go, go for the procedural stuff. Uh, in terms of politics here in the state of Indiana, Jim Banks has officially Made it known that he's running for really? Senate. Really, Jim running for the Senate? I had no idea. <laughs> the worst kept secret is out there. <laughs> all and the now, interviews he did on our, all our radio shows, I had no idea. <laughs> and now we wait for the domino effect, right? We wait to see if Mitch Daniels wants to run, if Victoria Sparts wants to run. What do you think about the Senate race and the way that this Republican primary could be shaping up? Um, I think the more I think if Mitch Daniels gets in, which I don't, which I don't think he will, but let's just assume he does. I think the more people that get in the race, the better it is for Mitch Daniels. Because Mitch Daniels has, I would say, you know, some of the quote-unquote establishment character has, has about 45% of the Republican primary vote. And I remember telling this to Rob Kendall on State House Happenings on, the, on his own show with, Casey, with uh, Kendall and Casey, is that if there's, if, there's, if there's two people in the race, say Richard Murdoch and Dick Luger, Dick Luger loses because he's only got 40% of the establishment vote. Go back to 2010, Dan Coats and the 8 million people who ran for the Senate back then Dan Coates won with 40-45% of the vote. So I think 40-45% is Mitch's sort of base level, and the more people that get in, the better for him. Because remember, to win a primary, you don't need a majority, you just need a plurality. Right. So do you think Mitch will get in? Um, right now, I don't think so, because the question is, the, I, I'll put it this way. I could see him not I could see him not getting in. Be like, hey, I don't need to do all this. I'm 73 years old, got my wife, you know, great kids, grandkids. I'm happy, live in Florida, playing golf every day, blah, blah, blah. However... I do see a scenario with him running in the sense that people just pissed him off by, by talking about, you guys have small children. You know how you know, you know your kids were when they're like, hey, Dad, can we do this? Well, I'll, we'll think about it. Can I do this? I'll think about it. Can I think about it? No. Now get the hell out of my face. <laughs> well, what do you, like this, who's this guy? I mean, they're already making commercials, like hit hit campaign ads against yeah, Mitch that, Daniels. That was David McIntosh, who uh, is with Club for Growth. Uh, David yeah, what is, was that? Uh, they're, 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 they're a super PAC organization. David McIntosh, he ran for governor back in 2000. 2000 i think it was is what it was against uh, frank o'bannon um and they're basically saying that hey mitch daniels if you decide to run for the u.s senate here's a sample of what you're getting here here's here's your mozzarella sticks and jalapeno poppers of the appetizers that you're getting just wait till we bring out your club sandwich and chicken strips <laughs> i will say i forgot to put this in a way that you guys understand, <laughs> no, I understand and I appreciate that that. <laughs> but it feels like he had a great gig at purdue i mean people loved him up there he hadn't raised tuition in a number of years um, for him to step away to just not do anything seems out of character for him. Well, he can still do stuff, uh, still serve on corporate boards, not for profit. But, I mean, that's a sweet gig. It better be something that you're really digging to walk away from that job. Well, also, uh, I want to say Purdue had like a mandate. I think Purdue had a mandatory retirement age as well, which is like 70-something as well. I'm not, I'm not quite sure, but... I Couldn't he, he change that? He was the president. <laughs> well, the board of trustees got to change all that. I, I do know that, that Mitch had, that, that did a really good job with Purdue over the past 10 years. And ten years probably for him was about about enough of that 
job that yeah, position. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm in my 70s. I was governor. I was uh, president of Purdue. I, I'm, I'm right riding off the I was the OMB director of the Office of Management and Budget. Yeah, George. Uh, yeah, I worked for George Bush. I, I, I'm riding off into the sunset, man. Yeah, leave, you? I'll, like, I was going to say leave while they still like you. Like, can you see him Mitch. going out to Washington and having to deal with all that nonsense? Deal with all of that. Having to deal with Chuck Schumer and Mitch McConnell and all these people. I could see him if he was president, but as just one out of 100, I don't think so. Abdul Hakim Shabazz with us, breaking down all things politics here in the great state of Indiana. Where's Victoria Sparts in all of this? She is still, uh, still in the uh, decision making process. And you got to remember, too, that. Uh, when you, when you run for the U.S. Senate, uh, the election's out until November 2024. So we got a year and eight, nine, eight, nine months to, fig- to figure all this out. Uh, so I, th- I think she's still thinking about it. Uh, there's some talk that she may not have to do it. She may decide just you know, stick in her congressional seat. But if she leaves, then that opens up the floodgates. Uh, Jim Banks running for the U.S. Senate has already started to open up the floodgates. In the 3rd District, we got Andy Zaya, state senator from Huntington, uh, announced that he's going to be running. Uh, you got possibly Marlon Stutzman, uh, Maybe running. You got everybody and his mother up in Fort Wayne, Allen County. It, it, like I said, it, it's political Jenga. It's funny. It it's funny. None of us have mentioned the name Holcomb yet uh, in terms of a Senate seat, a Senate run. I don't, I don't see the governor doing. No, that. no, I don't. Not at all. No. What's his political future? Is there a political future for Governor Holcomb? Uh, we got to remember, governor is the first political office he's ever held. So we can tell. Yeah, and and serve. <laughs> I think, and, and and serve in two terms. Like, hey, you, you basically done everything that that you need to do. Uh, he'll still be like uh, mid fifties, so he probably go like run the IHSA or something like that. Okay, so we haven't seen the end of Eric Holcomb, but I don't think that Senate or anything like that is in his near future. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think I think he still stays in the public light, still doing some not for profit work, you know, working for some corporations, uh, but I don't see him running for the Senate right now. And what about you? We ask this every week. Have you made a decision? Are you any closer? It feels like you're just stringing us along for ratings at this point, Abdul. What's well, going on? Well, you're right. I am. Mayor <laughs> Are you running for mayor of Indianapolis or not? We're still in the decision-making process. Uh, we start doing some polling uh, later this weekend uh, to see what the numbers look like. And then once we get those figures out, we put the team together like, hey, guys, what do you think? And then we go, and if the numbers look semi-reasonable, semi-favorable, uh, we go take it to the toughest, most uh, – Skeptical voter in Marion County, lovely Mrs. Shabazz, and get her blessing and permission. <laughs> Didn't you have to get her permission to start this process to yes, begin we, with? Yes, we did. Like as Jay said, we're talking about fair. It's like bookends. Start with the wife's permission, <laughs> yeah. end with the wife's permission. Oh wow! Will you be tough against Joe Hawkset? Rob and I were talking about this earlier. It feels like every TV station has a political reporter in this city. Nobody seems to care that our mayor went missing for two nights of riots. Apparently, that's okay. Will you bring that up? Will you be tough and bring the fight I don't, to Joe Hawkset if you run? I don't think it's necessary to, 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 to be tough or bring a fight. I just basically like, hey, here's here's what happened, folks. This is it. You know, these are the facts. Now, the mayor can explain, you know, why X Y Z happened or didn't happen. So it's not it's not being tough or, or engaging in negative campaign if you're just basically it's like, hey, here's what happened. It That's just it. floors me, though, that nobody has even done that to the mayor. If this were, and you work in Chicago, you do radio in Chicago too, Abdul. If this were Chicago, which is a Democrat city with a Democrat mayor, I have faith that the Chicago media would ask Lori Lightfoot, hey, where the hell were you for two nights when Rush Street was being, you know, d- destroyed and windows were being broken? Somebody would at least ask the question. Yeah, the Chicago media is a lot more tough than the Indianapolis media, let's put it that way. And Chicago's they've got a mayor race coming up this year too. So 
Interesting. You got a show this weekend? Uh, yes. Uh, we talked to Jim Banks. Uh, also, we'll be talking uh, to a lady by the name of uh, Dr. Fiona Hill. Uh, she is a uh, Ukrainian expert. She worked for the Trump administration. Talk about sort of the coming up on the one year anniversary of the Russian invasion. Also, we talked to our good friend Reverend Charles Harris about Indianapolis's crime and violence these days. And we'll get into that with you a little bit next week. Abdul, thank you. It's Abdul. Big night. Yes. Ready for a beer? Yes. Beer sample Friday. Yes. Next.